I'm James Hahn II. And I'm Mark McCour. And you're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by Red Wing episode. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Mr. LaCour. Episode 52. One Woo-hoo, year. One, one year. We, year. we did it. We did it. One year. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe it. Welcome in, Mr. LaCour. How are you feeling today? Great to be here, James. Great to be here for a year. Um, it's been a lot of work on both of our parts, but we've done it. We have done it. And, and most importantly, our listeners have done it because if, if, if not for them, we're, we're just doing the show between you and I. <laughs> and, you're, and you're just doing it as a favor for me. Yeah. So um, speaking of that and our listeners, because they're so vital to our success, we're going to do something special for our one-year anniversary. Now, we don't have the details, so we can't release what it is, but it will be a live event well, where we will record the podcast live here in Houston, Texas, and we're going to invite our listeners to come join us. How cool is that? Yeah. I, I We mentioned it before. We're still working on the details in terms of where it's at and everything, but I'm really excited to tell everybody how to how to reserve their spot because t- the venue is going to want a lot of people, but we still need it, it's going to cap out at, at some point. Yeah, it's going to be limited number of seats. So once James tells you how to sign up for it, go sign up because once they're gone, they're gone. All right, and it's a fun it's a fun little exercise that we're going to go through. Um, I am very curious to know where do you listen to our show. Are you mowing the lawn? Are you on the treadmill? Where are you when you're actually listening? I, I think we got a we got an email just yesterday about the guy. The, uh, this guy he 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 works these crazy long shifts and he just binges on our show the whole time he's working. So take a picture of yourself, take a selfie of yourself listening to the show, and then go to the show notes at trybrocket.com forward slash tw fifty two trybrocket.com forward slash TW52 and leave a comment and leave the picture, leave the selfie that you take in the comments. And that is what is going to reserve your spot at our one year party. Once we get that uh, venue locked down, because it's going to, we're going to be thrown down. Right. Right, Mark. Oh, it's going to be great. So go ahead, take the selfie. That's your ticket, post a comment and you're in the mix. And, on the topic of comments, let's talk about that a little bit, Mark, because a lot of people, um, you know, they've become accustomed to to sending us, and particularly me, because I see you on all of them, all emails, and and I I love talking to our listeners. The emails are getting a little overwhelming, and I think we might be able to have a much better conversation if they actually happen on the show notes. So can you talk us through that? Yeah, folks. So um, just like you, we both James and I get, you know, 150 emails a day. Um, Our audience is growing and just trying to stay top of these email conversations is basically impossible for James. So what you do instead of sending an email, when you have a comment or a question, or you're curious about something is go to the show notes page of that show and leave it in the show notes. This way it will not slip through the cracks. We won't lose track of it. We will answer your questions and you can actually start a conversation with us there. That's the best way to do it. And not only start a conversation with us, but start a conversation with each other. I mean, I'm actually not actually, I'm absolutely blown away. We have geniuses who listen to this show 
And I would love to see some fantastic conversations happening around the different topics that we're talking about on each episode. And so if, you're, if while you're listening, something pops in your head and you say, you know, I want, I want to talk about this, just go to that episode's show notes and leave, leave a comment there. We've got the, it's called Discuss Comment System set up. It's super easy. You don't even have to have a social account um, to, to sign in, although if you've ever left a, a, a comment on NewYorkTimes.com, basically any website, it's, it's really the, the premier comments section for across the web. And so do that for us, and in particular for this show, to reserve your seat, take that selfie, go to TribeRocket.com forward slash TW52, and we are super excited to see you out there in the field or where, wherever you are listening to the show. I, I, I can't wait. What about you, Mark? Yeah. So, James, we're speaking of comments. I've actually gotten a lot of comments from people that are on the opposite political fence than I am, and I think that's really awesome. I had a guy named uh, Swain Sheps. Uh, who admits that he's on the left side of the fence, sent me a tweet. And he's basically um, – we had to engage in a discussion around last week's episode when I talked about uh, oh, the failure oh, oh, of Germany. Oh, oh you, you, you definitely hit some, hit some hot buttons on that one because I saw you had quite a few conversations going. Yeah, and so people, even if you don't agree with me, reach out. Let's talk about it. Um, I still stand firmly by the fact that that initiative failed, um, but I've learned a lot from the people that are on the other side of the fence politically, and I love that. So anytime that you, you know, whether you agree with us or not, reach out, uh, preferably on the show comments. And one thing, James, I need to bring up, I thought of while you're talking, is people out there may not know, when they leave a comment, we are automatically notified. So it can't disappear. It can't slip through the cracks. So the technology is there that we know that you've left a comment and then we respond. So, um, yeah, go to the show notes, leave a comment. We'd love to talk with you. Yeah, and, and that solves a real problem because I have – there have been plenty of questions over the – I don't know. We've probably done five or six different Q&A shows now, and there have been several questions that slipped through the cracks because, again, we get hundreds of emails um, and just, just from our regular day-to-day. And so adding that, it's perfect because then I can just go right back to the show notes and, and not miss anything. So on that, that's a lot of housekeeping and then some partying as well. Let's get into the stories, Mark. The first one is, uh, is from Seeking Alpha. And the original headline on this that got so many people clicking, and this is interesting to me, we have a lot of international stories. People are voting with their clicks, wanting to hear a lot about international. So let's get into that. Rumors circulating that 100 billion barrels were discovered at the Gatwick Airport. Yeah, this is a great story. So Gatwick is... um Gatwick Airport's about 30 miles south of London, if you're trying to figure out where it is in the world. And what's interesting about this, uh, we'll go back to that number, 100 billion barrels. If you think about all of the oil that's been produced from the North Sea since it started, that's only about 30 billion barrels. So this would be a huge, huge, huge discovery. Wait, and can, con- can you say that again? Because I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around it. All of the oil so, that's produced from the North Sea has been 30 billion? Yeah, if you think of since history started, if you think about all the oil that's been produced from the North Sea, it's only been about thirty billion. I say only, that's a lot of oil. <laughs> but if this is yeah, if this is a hundred billion barrels reserve, this is enormous. Now, of course, I question this a little bit. Um, I haven't looked at the geoscience, but I'm not quite sure how somebody could miss a hundred billion barrels reserves. Um, and, and you know, maybe the Brits just you know just weren't having a good day. But um, the other thing is, this is conventional oil. Now, I will tell you a funny thing. This just goes, shows people's um, um, 
lack of understanding. So when this announcement was raised that it was conventional, big conventional fine, the anti-fracker showed up protesting fracking. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was fracking. <laughs> this is not shale. <laughs> so just they just show up whenever they hear oil, I guess. Um, but but um, th this is a um, exploratory well. It's a very very high production. First first I think first day is like four hundred and fifty eight barrels um, or, or four hundred fifty yeah four hundred fifty barrels per day from the first first float right when they first hit oil. So that's that's sizable. So they're having to do further testing. Um, the nice thing is this area is already uh, has some small um, oil field operations. So the permitting process has already been taken care of. Nobody can stop this. But how cool would it be for London to figure out um, or, or the UK to figure out that they have as much reserves as what's in the has come out of the North Sea? That would be very wonderful for the people of England, especially yeah. especially given the all the geopolitics around getting gas over them and everything. I mean, it's just prosperity and abundance all around yeah and i and i suspect that um this is has to do with the evolution of the technology of geoscience right um that's that type of stuff's getting better and better you can find more and more reserves um i think slumberjay had a part in, in doing some of that work out there but this is a great find it's gonna be interesting interesting to see how this story unfolds as we move forward yeah and if you really want to geek out again go to the show notes and and click through and check out this story because they've got the the I'm not even, the lithostratigraphy, or I can, I'm I'm clearly not a geologist, right? Um, but the, I can at least say stratigraphy. Never mind. I'm George W. Bush this morning. So basically, they have they have the the geology framework laid out in a way that a normal person can understand. Yeah, completely. So that is a super exciting story. Moving on. Bear market, why GCC investors see opportunities in Russia? And can you first tell us who the GCC is? Uh, it's the Middle East. I can't remember what GCC stands for. The Gulf. It, it stands for Gulf. It's the Gulf Coast, con, you know, whatever, conglomerate or something like that, right? Yeah, it, this is basically the Middle East. This is a great story. So um, this is a story on how basically um, when you think of countries and large companies, you may not think of them as investors, but they do because they have cash, right? They have cash flow. They have, some of them have lots of cash. It's silly to let that money sit somewhere in a bank and not earn any interest. So they invest it like you would invest in the stock market. And they do that to get a return on their capital. And all big companies do this. All governments do this. And this is a story about how uh, the Middle East is starting to invest in Russia. Now, the reason they're starting to invest in Russia is because the rest of the world, the return on their investment is less. We're, we're down to single digits in a lot of places. So if you were investing in you know, a lot of businesses here in the U.S. right now, you, you know, you'd get 9 or 10% return. Well, because Russia has been devalued so much, it's basically you're coming in and buying your, your investment dollars to buy much more because when that economy comes back, your investment is going to surge in growth. So now, of course, the, there's more risk than investing in Russia. But look at all the Middle Eastern countries. Um, they're all dumping money in Russia, and they're doing it in stuff that I don't quite – I don't quite think I would do, such as the Russian real estate market. I think that's a high-risk market to invest in. But um, these guys know what they're doing way better than I do. So uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch geopolitics make investments with countries that don't necessarily see eye to eye. So what do you say to the guy that's sitting here saying, what the hell are you talking about, Mark? This isn't a great story. It's, it's people investing in Russia. 
Well, it's but you, the reason it's a great story is that it's something that I didn't know about that most of the uh, uh, most of our audience probably didn't know about, and it just shows how the market dynamics drive different behavior. One of the things about the oil and gas industry is it's truly global. Um, and, and you need to understand the global, for, especially from the business point of view. And here's a good story showing you how um, changes in global economics is changing the investment habits of some of the biggest oil and gas producing countries in the world. All right. Speaking of investment habits or just uh, moral habits in general uh, of Russia or other places, this next story got a lot of clicks from The Guardian. Post-war Iraq, everybody is corrupt from top to bottom, including me. I, I love this story. You know how you and I practice uh, f- business and personally total transparency? Right. So <laughs> here's the guy in Iraq who's charged with or, or given the, to try to clean up corruption. So corruption is so bad there. And his own quote was, I was offered $5 million by somebody to stop investigating him. I took it and then prosecuted him anyway. So even- <laughs> <laughs> Nice work, buddy. Nice work. <laughs> so um, – this is an article on corruption, and people from the Europe and uh, the U.S. may struggle with this a little bit, right? Because, yes, there's corruption here and in Europe, but we know it's morally wrong, so we, we frown upon it, even if it happens a little bit here. In Iraq, because of the um, politics and the wars that have been going on for so long, what you need is power. You want power. That power provides safety to you. One of the ways you get power is by being corrupt. So the Iraqi people, because of all the, uh, the, the wars and the strifes and the change of politics there, have always seen corruption as a way to rise to power, and that power provides safety to you and your family. So if you go through this article, it's, it's, it's really horrible. Uh, the corruption literally goes from the top to the bottom, and even the, the minister who's charged with trying to fight this corruption admits that some of the people at the top he will not go after because they will kill him. You know, most Americans don't understand living in a world where you have to worry about somebody killing you. Right? I mean, we have murders here, but not like this. So not um, from statesmen, not right? From statesmen, right? And or you don't have private people that have more power than the government. Um, and so, you know, until this corruption gets cleaned up, and quite honestly, James, between you and my, you and me, and our audience, it's it's not gonna happen for a while. This is a mess. You have to change the culture, and the culture is always the hardest thing to change. Um, but until they get this uh, this corruption cleared up, I mean, they talk about phantom soldiers, right? Where these soldiers are getting paychecks, and they don't—they're not real soldiers, and those paychecks are going to politicians' pockets. Um, they're talking about literally refineries that were budgeted, roads that were budgeted that don't exist. All that money went in people's pockets. So um, they need to get handle of this, and and they're trying to, but it's going to be a long, tough battle. Yeah, decades or what decades, is that? Yeah. yeah, decades, decades. Yeah. All right, Mark, let's move offshore with the Offshore Support Journal talking about some different maritime on-the-seas type activities that are being affected by the downturn. So talk us through this because I saw operational efficiency in there, which which I know is, is, is a huge thing we're pushing on a lot. So what do we got here? So this is a, a, a good article, and they talk about um, Ezira Holdings Limited. They basically reported uh, revenues of about $152 million, but they, their net loss was $53 million. Uh, and it's just because, of the, just because of the decline in prices accrued, there's left offshore services work going on. Um, a, lot, a lot of people may not know this, but when you work offshore, you have to have this whole infrastructure of vessels to ferry people and supplies, to do maintenance, to do repairs. And that is a significant cost 
uh, when you do work offshore, which means that it's a significant revenue generator for the companies that do that work. And this is an article about those companies, how their margins are being compressed. Um, in some cases, they're upside down because they've lost work. Now, interesting to me is that they, they talk about operational efficiencies and operational excellence, where basically they need to streamline their operations, do more with less. And this, this is kind of a prevalent theme throughout the industry. But here, it's, once again, in the um, offshore services in industry, they're, they're having to do it too. And I honestly think when we come out of this low crude price environment, that companies like this will be better off for it. Um, we need it to trim the fat. We need it to upgrade our technologies. We need it to, to, to move more efficient, uh, have more efficient processes. So this is, um, this is, once again, it's another good article about how even though the price of crude is low and businesses are hurting, you can work in that world. So what are the things these companies are implementing? Um, the typical things where they're looking at existing processes and procedures, see where they can streamline that, remove duplicate um, processes, um, upgrade technology, right? Do we really need to have, still have stuff on paper that people have to sign off on? Um, you know, look at um, how you use your labor pool, even look at where you do business. So this, this company is, is uh, headquartered in Singapore, but they have locations all over the world. Well, what is the tax um, benefits of having that work done, say, in Brazil versus in Singapore versus the U.S. So when oil is $100 a barrel and these guys were getting some crazy day rates, that didn't really matter. Now that that's starting to disappear, it's important to come in and, and, uh, and clean up uh, places in their business where they can improve efficiencies. And they talk about OSVs. It, I, I want to say that that we've talked about those before, unless I'm screwing things up in, in my mind in terms of acronyms. Are those the automated yeah. machines that do work for you on under under the water? No, <laughs> you're thinking of an ROV. Ah, OSV, offshore support vessel. So you know how we're getting ready to go do a rig tour. Yes. If that rig was actually operating in the Gulf of Mexico, and they needed some more diesel for their generators on the rig, an offshore support vessel would, would basically a tanker offshore support vessel would come out and fill up their diesel generator tanks. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It reminds me of the Nintendo game Top Gun. So maybe that that's what we need for the kids out there right now. <laughs> Where you go feel up. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we have a, a a very interesting story from Africa, and uh, it was a steal of a deal, ladies and gentlemen. Re, re, because it's in response to an article. How a two point four billion dollar, um, is it Elim Elim? So just say petrochemical. Okay. <laughs> Re how a $2.4 billion petrochemical plant was sold for $215 million. You talk about some insider baseball <laughs> information. Here is the project manager that built this petrochemical plant going through in detail how the heck did we spend, our government spent $2.4 billion building this, and then our government sold it for $215 million. That's not kosher. And, and basically, he's he's calling people out on this. He, um, he and and by the facts. way, our government being the Nigerian government, Nigerian government, yeah, yeah, not the U.S. government, Nigerian government. Um, and he, I mean, he, I love some of the stuff he goes in here because he. One of the things that the government told him is there, well, there's a political price. Really, the political price is the delta between. Two point four billion and two hundred fifteen million. That is that <laughs> is quite a happy check to me. <laughs> that's, that's a that's one of those happy Gilmore checks. Yeah, I mean that's just just ridiculous. So um, he calls them out, and you know what I think? There's a ba little bit of a backstory here. Just maybe two years ago, James, this guy would not have felt safe to call out publicly. 
because they, they would have disappeared, him and his family. This just shows how the president of Nigeria has cleaned it up to the point where people feel safe pointing at other corruptions. That is awesome, right? This is how you get the ball rolling. This is how you get rid of the last of the corruption is when the, the Nigerian people feel safe in pointing the fingers. Yeah, and there's a heck of a lot of it going on. But like you said, I it's 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 really a page turner, if you will, of a story because he goes in detail. This is how we did this. This is how we did that. And then this is this is what they turned around and did to us. Which and he knows it because he built the darn thing. <laughs> right, right. Great article. Check it out in the show notes. Let's come over to our side of the world in America. For Exxon and Shell, the age of ultra majors comes at the wrong time from Bloomberg business. Yeah, I disagree. <laughs> love it. I, I, I love I'm it. Sorry. Why? Um, yeah, this article is basically how if you're an oil and gas super major and you grow too big, it hurts you in this low crude price environment. And I, I just disagree. Um, I, I know both these companies very well. Um, Exxon, even in this low crude price environment, Exxon's the only super major that their upstream division is still making money. And the reason it is is because they are so large. The scope of Exxon, to be able to leverage uh, supplies and costs, their engineering expertise, their project management skills are bar none. In the same way with Shell. Shell has turned itself into a global gas company, uh, very large, huge markets out there. Yes, in this article, they talk about how much they've hurt in this low crude price environment, but so is everybody else. Um, being large in this industry is important because of the scope of the projects. I was just talking to a prospect yesterday about this. So ExxonMobil has a single deep water project for ExxonMobil, maybe anywhere between 20 and 80 billion with a B dollars worth of capital investment. And that project life cycle may be 50 years from first oil to decommissioning. And Exxon has thousands of deep water projects around the world. A small, a small operator just can't afford even the capital to do that, much less to have the talent and the resources to run all those projects at the same time. So um, some good numbers in here. Um, it's uh, you know factually reported. I just I just disagree. I think it's in the oil and gas industry, your scope is a, is, is a game changer. And I, and I wonder if there will be a, more of a trend towards smaller companies trying to get larger and larger so that they can hedge themselves against risk the way that Exxon and Shell are able to. Yeah, well, so th there's also benefits to being small, especially in the shale plays, right, because you're nimble. Um, um, the big you know, BPs and uh, Shell and Chevron um, haven't really done that well in the shale plays because they're not no, used Shell to came nimble. into Texas and then sold everything. Yeah. Now Exxon did what Exxon typically did. They looked at it and they go, yes, there's, there's, there's benefit here. No, we don't know how to do it. Who's the best company on the planet knows how to do this fracking stuff? Oh, XTO Energy? Done. Here's a check. You, you're now Exxon. So they went out and bought that talent. Um, BP and Chevron tried to do it in-house and, and Shell did well and they just haven't been as successful. Um, but that, if you think about that, that's a business test, right? I mean, you and I both in our business have done stuff that failed and and you fail and you get away from it which is what you know the super majors did in the in the, the shell place so <clears throat> i think there's a lot of benefit to being large and, and not that a small company's bad um the what happens is when you get in the middle that's where you struggle when you're if you're an, an operator and you're not small and you're not a super major and you're in the middle um that's when stuff like low crew prices can, can really put a damper on your business well i think that you made a really good point in in what is your core competency and if you don't have that core competency, if you can if you can afford it, acquire it, but don't go out there outside of your sphere of knowledge and try to be an expert in an area 
that you can't manufacture with from within. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, what's interesting is, you know, you've heard me talk about the super majors. I rattle off all five all the time. Um, you're starting to see this, the market change. And, and, you know, we've talked about this before. And I'm excited about being in the oil and gas industry now because I'm seeing fundamental market changes, which I haven't seen in 20 years. So I would not be surprised, James, in the next couple of years that we have a new division. The Total and the Chevron and the BPs, you know, their cash flow is around $20 billion. We may call those sub-super majors or mid-major super majors or something. And you're going to be looking at um, Shell and Exxon, and their cash flows could be 40 or $50 billion. They're going to be almost twice the size as the rest of the, their former competitors. So it's, going to be, it's fundamental market changes are happening. I think it's good. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out. And some fundamental market changes, hearkening back to a conversation we had with Adam Ferris at Drilling Info um, on the NAEP show floor, or not at the NAEP icebreaker, I should say, Talking about midstream, and this is from Oil and Gas Investor, midstream sector could be affected by certain bankruptcy filings. And this is the first story of its kind that I've seen come across the dial. So talk, talk us through this. So this is all new to me, too. I'm so glad you found this. So <clears throat> we've talked about this before. The way a pipeline company makes money is they don't go build a pipeline and then try to sell access to it. They go out to the market and they see where there's a need and they get long-term contracts signed from um, companies that need to use the pipeline so they have guaranteed revenue and then they build a pipeline and there's there's almost no risk involved right because they have money up front and they have money guaranteed for you know 5 10 20 30 years this article is talking about and and even in the agreements they 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 they're guaranteed money they're guaranteed revenue regardless of what the price of crude does right um, and they're also guaranteed that if the company files bankruptcy, that they are the first to the to the bucket, right? That they they get their money anyway when the bankruptcy court um, figures out who gets paid and who doesn't. So this is an article about how uh, there's a couple operators out there that are um, looking to use Chapter 11 bankruptcy, but they want to get out of their obligation, the contractual obligation to the pipeline companies. So. Um, the um, Sabine Oil and Gas and Quick Silver Resources are the ones that are doing this. This is the first time it's been brought to court in the U.S. And so if you think about this, if this is approved, it really could hurt the pipeline companies because this would set a precedence where if you need to get out from under your contracts, the court will let you. Um, this is a hard one to figure out what side I, I want to take because I see that the pipeline companies have all this investment based upon contracts that are guaranteed. And that investment creates jobs, um, long-term jobs. Uh, construction jobs, long-term operation job. But at the same time, if you're an operator and you need Chapter 11 bankruptcy just to keep your business f working so you can keep your people working, I, you know, this is a hard one to call. So I'm, I, I don't have an opinion one way or the other, but this is literally um, groundbreaking potential news. You heard it here first, folks. So we're, we'll continue to follow this story because it's breaking, honestly. And, and yeah, it talks about how Kinder Morgan and Plains All-American and, and so forth did rely on these multi-year contracts that I've learned about from you. And yeah, this, this is, this is another fundamental shift if, if it, if it sets yeah. that precedent. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is a fundamental shift in the oil and gas industry. All we'll right. See which way it goes. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 follow this story for sure and keep you all posted. And if you have any thoughts, leave them in the leave them in the comments on the show notes. Falling oil prices haven't scared Berkshire Hathaway from stocking up on an out of favor commodity. Mark, do I need to even talk about this? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, uh, we we got the the uh, what is he the Oracle of Omaha right? And if he, Warren if Warren Buffett is investing in oil and gas and he's heavily investing right now, why do you think he's doing that? 
Because he knows that prices are going to come back. He knows they're going to come back, and he's going to make money. And let me tell you, regardless of what you think about Warren Buffett, he knows how to make money for his, his investment company. So this is a, an article about how um, um, Berkshire Hathaway is heavily investing, a lot, a lot of CapEx funds in the oil and gas industry. Um, and they're doing it because of these low prices. A lot of these stocks are devalued. Obviously, they expect it to rebound, so their you know, $100 million investment all of a sudden becomes $5 billion. Um, I agree with this investment strategy. I've actually followed this myself, although I don't have the money that Warren Buffett has. Um, but, <laughs> you but, don't? You, know, you just, don't? You've been, you've been hiding this on me the whole time. I've, I've, been, yeah. I've been waiting for my check. Yeah, this is just another validation that it's, the market's coming back. So what's interesting, though, is that we just talked about Kinder Morgan in the last story, and then here you have Buffett investing, um, what is $117 billion into Kinder Morgan at the end of 2014. Yeah, yeah. We on our last episode we talked about how Kinder stock is devalued, and I talked about how they're they they have some options, but basically they'll weather the storm and it'll come back. And you know maybe Warren listened to our show and looked into it. and goes, hey, they're right. Let's buy some Kinder Morgan stock. Well, in that case, maybe we can get a point five episode interview. I'll start reaching out. It's going to take a heck of a lot of cold calling, I think. <laughs> um, let's go over here to Lubbock Online with oil portfolios Q and A for investors in struggling oil market. All disclaimers: we are not. Uh, we are not stock uh, analysts in the terms of listen to what we say and buy and sell accordingly. Mark is much more versed in this than I, but we have to throw that disclaimer anytime we start going to this level. So let's talk about it, Mark. This is a great article. If you invest, and not only invest in oil and gas stock, but if you invest at all, it's a quick read, it's easy, but it makes you think of things you may not have thought about it. So, you know, one of the things is how bad is it? And and basically, the experts are saying we're not really sure, which which is true. Um, you know, who's going to cut production first? And when will the price rebound? It, nobody knows for sure. Now, we have our guesses based upon information that, that's publicly available. But, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. Another thing is our lower gasoline prices put money back in the pockets of consumers for, for investing right, or for retail purchase. You know, what are the effects of the oppressed crude price? Right. So the crude price just doesn't affect the operators and the drilling crews. It affects things like um, the overall economic performance of like the stock market. It affects things like the growth in exports um, because their raw feedstock is cheaper. And so um, this this is if, – if you just read through this, it's some really good information to make you think about stuff that you're um, – that the market may inflect your investments on that you may not have thought of. So it's a great quick read. It's a good primer for anybody that might, might want to get started like myself sometime in 2016 or 2017. And let's let's round things out over here with Anadarko – anoints brand ambassadors to fight off drilling bans. And when I tweeted this, I wanted to say, pick me, pick me. <laughs> but, um, but tell us about what Anadarko is up to. I love this story. So this shows how Anadarko gets it, right? Um, unfortunately, our industry is made up of a bunch of engineers, nothing against engineers. Um, and over the years, as the public was misinformed or sometimes outright lied to by people that don't support the oil and gas industry, we did nothing. We didn't stop and go, no, 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 that's wrong. What happened is once it got to the point where it was actually affecting businesses, so where you would see bans and fracking or bans for pipelines, then the oil and gas industry tried to spend money and over-inform, right? Mass media, hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, that doesn't work. It doesn't work now anyway. 
here's Anadarko figuring out that they need people in the local communities talking about the truth, not not talking negative about the, the anti-oil and gas, but just talking about the truth. And there's a great story here about the 16-year-old girl in a local community who, who has oil and gas producing um, property that her family does. And she was worried that they were all going to get sick. And uh, Rebecca Johnson, shout out to you, Rebecca Johnson, who's an Anadarko Petroleum Corporation, went to this classroom of these kids and showed them in a blender how the interaction of frac sand water um, works in a well and then showed them the geology so the kids would not feel that they were had to worry about getting sick. I mean, this is this is just awesome work by Anadarko. Um, it, it goes to show how they're doing this in all types of communities um, all, all over, all, literally all over the world, especially here in the U.S., and that other companies like uh, Noble Energy and Whitling Petroleum have seen that this works, and they're doing their, their part. So I love the fact that the oil and gas industry is now getting it. They're using brand ambassadors, people in the local communities to tell the truth, using social media. Um, it's, it's about time. It is about time because I, I've, I've watched this, of course, really have been involved in it over the, over the course of the years. And, and, and this, is, this is just a breath of fresh air. And I love the, her personal model, Faith, Family, and Fracking. Love it. <laughs> Faith, Family, and Fracking. Hey, maybe we should get some shirts maybe made with that logo on there. Yeah, well, maybe, we'll, you know what, I'm going to reach out and see if we can, if we can get her on the phone. Um, because th- this is just too much of a fascinating story to, uh, to, to just let slide. So those are all of our, all of our stories for the week. We also have our onion of the week woman sets record for talking about herself for the longest amount of time talking about herself. And it's, it's one of these onion morning news videos. It's hilarious. Trust me. Um, in the show notes and that this gives us an opportunity to talk about our fantastic sponsor red wing and i'm actually going to go and give one of the offshore bags actually to the the winner last week christian he he's chinese and he happens to be in houston and so we're going to link up so i can give him his bag in person how freaking cool is that mark yeah, that's it. That's awesome. We get to meet. Hey, maybe we can finally understand who listens to us in China. Yeah, is anytime, it only him? <laughs> right. Yeah, but anytime we get a chance to interact with our audience in person, we we love it. So that just you know that's gonna be really cool that you get to actually go meet him. He's from China, happens to be in Houston, and you'll give him his bag. He won. It's fantastic. And then yeah, to get some uh, some pictures of the Red Wing bag over in China that like maybe we can get a, a picture on the Great Wall I don't know I'm just uh, just throwing things out here that would be amazing all right and we do have a winner for this week who is the lucky winner of the Red Wing offshore bag this week Mark congratulations Mr. Dave Weaver with Blue Water Satellite he's a business development manager and he's a veteran so Dave enjoy your bag and thank you for your service thank you for your service for real, thank you for your service. It's not said or heard enough. So if you want one of these bags, but I, I don't want to just jump right into that because we do have to take a moment and talk about, well, sir, sir, just how awesome Red Wing is because I've never mentioned her name, but her name is Chris. She's the global brand manager. And, and she gets up at early in the morning to be able to get, get us this this winner every every week because we record the shows on Thursday at you know 7 30 a.m and she gets us every week gets us the winner and it's totally random and they've just been such an outstanding company to work with and in her concern in making sure that everyone because we've had a couple of times where people's emails didn't work and it's so amazing how customer centric their company is 
Yeah, customer centric, and they care, right? They take pride in what they do. Um, quality is a is a mantra over there. They make great stuff. When uh, you and I go on our rig tour, I will be in Red Wing boots um, for a reason because they're the best damn boots out there. So uh, hats off, Red Wing. Thanks for doing great work. You have great people, and thanks for your support of the podcast. Yes, very much. Thank you. And if you would like to win a bag of your own, we're giving away one a week through the end of March, and we're almost to the beginning of March. So go to uh, it's C official site for details. No purchase necessary to enter and win. It's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. That's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. And throw your name in there and you could be you could be like Dave Weaver our, our, or Christian, our Chinese friend that we're going to meet um, hopefully today or tomorrow. And yeah, folks, you can enter every week. Don't just enter once. You're, feel free to enter every week because these bags are awesome. You really want one. You can enter every week, but only one counts. So know that. So right. if, if, you, if you do a dozen each week, it, it, they, they, um, they get out the duplicates, and so you, you have one chance to win, and it's totally random. Hey, pick a number, and, and that's how it works. But regardless, go out there, and, and thank you for listening, and, and please you know, go to the link, and, and hopefully you can win one yourself because this is how we're able to do this show for free. It's, it's because of the support of, support of our sponsors. It's what keeps us keeps us going. So thank you for listening, and, and thank you for supporting our sponsors. We got some events on deck, which is IADC slash SPE Drilling Conference and Exhibition. That's happening up in Cowtown, Mark. Tell us about this particular show. So I'm just I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell me what IADC and SPE stand for. The Society of Petroleum Engineers, you're totally throwing me under the bus with the IADC. <laughs> this is education. So IADC is uh, Independent Association of Drilling Contractors. So the, this expo is all about drilling. So if, if you own those high horsepower rigs, right, if you're doing uh, offshore stuff, if, uh, if you know what a turntable is or a top drive, this is the, the conference for you. Not the kind of turntable that I'm cutting it up huh? <laughs> no not the type of turn and i'm actually i'm actually you know i would like one of our audience to to that works out in the field to let me know do they even still use turntables i may be dating myself <laughs> i'm just picturing a guy on a rig just just on the top of some platform turntables speakers just just rocking it out but those guys yeah no 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 <laughs> those guys rock uh rock their own way um they have a good time out there when they are throwing that chain, and oh my goodness, it's amazing. I'll, I'll, I actually, we've talked about this before offline. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll find one of these videos of of these really experienced rigmen. Uh, uh, oh, I, I have one that I tweet that people go nuts over, and if you watch them, you go, "There is no way they're that quick," but they are. It's just because they've been doing it for so long. All right, I'm gonna hold you to giving me that link, so it'll be in the show notes. And so that is March 1st through the 3rd up there in Fort Worth, so it's just next week. And then we have the North American Crude Summit from Platts, from Platts, our, our, <laughs> our, our, um, our podcast nemesis, all jokes, you know, all, you know, all in good fun. Um, but, but what a way to, uh, to, 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 have, to have some fun by, by endorsing their event on our podcast so that we can dominate their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is Platts take on what's going in crude oil. You'll get a lot of projections. You get a lot of data. Um, uh, even though they're a competitor of ours, um, we're happy to highlight their stuff. So if, if you want to know what's happened with, with crude and what the experts think is going to happen, go. All right. And the first Friday Q&A is, is 
coming right up. It's a week from tomorrow, but by the time you're hearing this tomorrow, it'll be a week away. So, I mean, we have a ton of questions, but if you want to get yours in, just again, go to the, go to the comments. We've been going tribrocket.com forward slash QA and everything. Just go to the comments on this particular episode, tribrocket.com forward slash TW52 and leave your question there. Let's talk about the LinkedIn group, Mark, because we haven't talked about it in weeks and it hasn't been growing as a result. Yeah. So if you enjoy our podcast, you'll enjoy our LinkedIn group even more. We don't allow spam ever. Um, there's a lot of good information being shared out there. Um, I've seen James jumped in and help people <laughs> copyright stuff. I've seen our members share sales contacts. Um, so it's it's a companion to the show. So if you listen to the show, go join our LinkedIn group. You'll be glad you did. Yes. So that's at tribrocket.com forward slash LinkedIn. And that'll take you right hey, in. James, there. before we go to the next bit, I just want to give a quick shout out to Rich Rowe with the Rocky Mountain Motor Sales. Rich reached out to me. And basically, he was a police officer, so thank you for your service, and he got into sales in, in, in the frack fields, and he wanted some help. He was struggling. And so what I did is I had him reach out to some of the members in our LinkedIn group who also sell motors but in different parts of the country, so they're not competitive with him. And he was so thankful because that helped him more than anything. He was so thankful that he sent me the, um, this really cool beanie hat and some um, – uh, cards and some pins from his company. So, you know, Rich, I, I don't expect you to send us anything. We're happy to help, but I'm glad you reached out and I'm glad you found our LinkedIn group valuable. Yeah. And, and what a great endorsement for the value of the LinkedIn group. Let's talk about reviews because we got a few of them. And number 58 uh, in, in, the, in the order here, according to iTunes, from Kevin Mars, sources used are legit. <laughs> Five stars. They're legit. They're legit, baby. I am happy to finally listen to a podcast daily that is simple to, uh, simple to the point and cites sources. Mark and James speak on all topics all around the world, which is, we were talking about that offline, Mark. I'm hearing so much more about people really appreciating that aspect of the show. They also have a careers podcast that I've shared with numerous people Um in my master's program in energy management who are unfortunately unemployed, I'd recommend both podcasts for people interested in continuing their knowledge and, res and, and res research in all aspects of oil and gas, as well as topics on energy. What's most important is they break down upstream, midstream, and downstream topics often related to potential job opportunities. Thanks, gentlemen. How cool. That's freaking that's awesome. Awesome. I love yeah, it. I'm glad you're sharing our careers podcast, right? If you know anybody out there that's looking for work that unfortunately has been laid off or maybe somebody that wants to get into industry, we have a podcast for that. Yeah, we have a podcast absolutely for that, and, and it's 20 minutes. So, so it's 20 minutes every Tuesday morning. And the next one here, Good Oil and Gas Weekly, Horse with No Name, Four Stars. <laughs> Um, good oil and gas discussion of topical news would be great to hear less about Red Wing and conference navigation and more about project-specific content. Well, we're not going to talk less about Red Wing because they're the reason that we can do this show. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but having said that, it's interesting because we, we, we have gotten quite a few people talking about project-specific. So, and, and we yeah, do our best. We really talked about the possibility of starting an oil and gas project specific podcast so audience we have some other podcasts in the works we're not going to tell you what they are yet um but that's one of the possibilities yeah so stay it, tuned yeah stay tuned and then lastly from texas mineral man best oil and gas podcast out there i'm a land man and can't begin to tell you how many times i've brought up this podcast with co-workers when discussing the various issues and events 
currently impacting this great industry. If you're not staying up to speed with what's going on, you're going to get left behind. Employers, so true. yeah, absolutely. Employers look for and keep people who can add value to operations. This is exactly what this podcast does. Wow, this is awesome. It will, add, it will add to your value by making you a more knowledgeable and well-rounded oil and gas professional. Keep up the great work, guys. Man, that, I live for those kind of reviews. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. So much. Thank you. And if you'd like to leave your own review, it's drybrocket.com forward slash TW reviews. And if you made it this far in the podcast, please share the show as these people have talked about sharing it with their coworkers. Send an all company email. Tell them James said it was all, it was all good. Um, or you can go to just type into your browser on your phone or wherever, trybrocket.com forward slash LII. I'm LI for LinkedIn forward slash it's share LI, James. Yeah, I'm sorry, share. I, I left it out. All right, trybrocket.com forward slash share LI for LinkedIn forward slash share FB for Facebook and forward slash share TW for Twitter. And with that said, I think it's time to get out of here. Wait, before we get out of here, I want to go back to something. So, folks, we are in competition with Platts. If you're somebody that likes competition, help us compete. Leave us a review so we can smoke them. Now I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> now you're ready to go. All right, let's go. Hey, folks, do great work. Pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Go find some grease, guys. I got nothing to lose. Time after time. Oh, oh, oh.